We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We're here. What up, everybody? Kel Dansby here. The old man, Andres Hale, is not in today. He's already on his way to New York. Our Heroes Rock debuting this weekend at a festival in New York City. Shout out to him. Shout out to Johnny. Shout out to Big E. All my guys making big moves. Uh, the project's incredible. I have seen it. Now more people in the world get to see it. So make sure you guys show support to them on social media and however you can. If you guys are one of the people who donated towards the Kickstarter, thank you guys um, on their behalf. I am sure they are very excited for this week in New York City. So just sending none but love and support out to my guys doing big things over there. We still got work to do here at Blue Wire Studios in the Wind Resort in Las Vegas. Today, what else would we open the week with but boxing and the fallout from this weekend's big boxing event? Yes, it was a huge boxing event even those between one MMA fighter and one professional boxer, arguably the best boxer in the world, and Tyson Fury versus former UFC champion Francis Ngannou in the middle of the ring, a spectacle throughout the entire thing, something like we really haven't seen before from Saudi Arabia. And the fallout was interesting, right? Because me and Dre talked on this very show last week that there's not much of a chance we've seen Conor McGregor versus... Uh, Floyd Mayweather, we've seen countless MMA fighters try to fight Jake Paul. And we're like, there's not much of a chance for Francis and Ngannou to go in here and really do much of anything. Much of anything before, like just standing in front of Tyson Fury. Well, now it's Tuesday, and we know that was a closer fight. It looked like a legit fight, arguably the toughest fight I've seen Tyson Fury have probably in his career. I mean, Fury Wilder won, obviously ended in a draw, but even then people gave him the majority of the rounds. He just got knocked down twice and people were like, I think Tyson Fury won, but the rest gave it a draw. The second one, he smoked Deontay Wilder. The third one back and forth a little bit, but Fury found a way to stop him as well. The Klitschko fight early on in Fury's career was a stinker of a fight. But Tyson Fury was able to avoid any damage, outbox the legendary Vladimir Klitschko, take his titles. So it's one of those things where 
I can't find another fight. You'd have to go back to when Tyson Fury got dropped early in his career, and it really looked like he was out of it, able to get up and turn the tide. I haven't seen this guy struggle like this ever, ever. And it just shows you that it goes both ways. When people say you can't play boxing, you don't play boxing. As a professional in these fights, you also don't play boxing. So there's no telling what Tyson Fury thought going into this fight. Did he really underestimate him? But it sure appeared like Tyson Fury took this as a glorified sparring contest, which we all thought it was going to be. The videos of Francis Ngannou hitting the mitts and everything leading up to this fight gave no one confidence that Francis Ngannou knew whatsoever what the hell to do in a boxing ring. And he looked like the wild guy who used to throw punches in the octagon, swing them from all angles, and they were like, no way that beats Tyson Fury. But he came in with a completely different game plan. And it's one of those things where you, you look at Ngannou in the ring that night and on the broadcast, they're like, oh, you've been training two years for this. No, he mentioned he had a knee injury. He was out. He was dabbling with boxing, but he didn't know this fight was going down for quite some time. But the work they did put in, shout out to his camp, Dewey Cooper, striking coach, um, Mike Tyson being in camp, showing him what another professional fighter was going to do to him, preparing a game plan to just be very awkward, stick to his strengths, catch Tyson Fury in some of Fury's bad habits, and fight like you have nothing to lose. That's the biggest thing. High-stakes boxing matches, both people are always keenly aware that a lot is on the line. Here, Francis Ngannou had nothing to lose. He went into this like, you know what? This might be my only chance. I know I got to take it to Tyson Fury. I know I got to try to knock him out, but I don't got to get wild with it. And you saw that throughout the course of the fight, and it developed, of course, the moment of the fight. Francis Ngannou drops Tyson Fury in the third round. At this point, I think most people had it like one round each. Uh, Tyson Fury the first round, Ngannou probably the second round. And then he drops Fury with a great counter left hand. Fury went for the one-two, a little bit flat-footed and off balance. Ganu counter right, left hand right to the back of the head, kind of temple area, puts Tyson Fury down. Tyson Fury is always gets up because you say what you want. He got the best chin in combat sports. Uh, maybe just he's hard-headed and he can't stay down on the ground. But he's able to shake the cobwebs off, get up, survive the rest of that round, and from then on is kind of where we saw the change in the commentary and the fans watching online, on social media. From then on, it was nothing to do with what Tyson Fury was going to do the rest of the fight. The final six rounds didn't matter at all. It was all about Francis Ngannou, how great he looked, that he dropped Tyson Fury. Oh, my God, look, he looks like a boxer. And to the point, even on broadcast, Timothy Bradley completely ignored anything Tyson Fury was doing in the later rounds. So Francis Gano missed an uppercut, and he just ranted about the missed uppercut for like a minute. And that's, that's fair. People were enamored by Francis Ngannou and how good he had looked to that point, and furthermore, how good he looked going forward. But that's ignoring, then, Tyson Fury's work with the jab. Tyson Fury outlanding him in seven of the ten rounds. And I know compu boxes and everything. But it's one of those things where even the high test is like, all right, Francis wasn't landing as much. Now, there were several rounds, I think round five, seven, eight, 
where Francis Ngannou would land a big punch. And it was a hard punch. The man throws hard punches. His power is that. It's, it's as advertised. So he lands a hard punch. Fury eats it. Cool. They keep going. Fury gets back to boxing. People are like, Francis won that round. That's not how this works, people. So I, I had to laugh and chuckle at not only the casual fans who tuned in, because it turned out to be a very casual audience and people, even though they said they didn't care, everyone seemed to have been watching it, but also the MMA fans, the MMA professionals, the commentators, the writers, watching them all just say, well, Fury, Fury's down. He needs a knockout. And gone who's winning this. It's like, come on, guys. It's, it's one of those things where we can't get caught up in the moment of things. And when you go through the fight, this isn't MMA. This isn't octagon control. So, because Fury was fighting off the back foot and jabbing, and Ngannou's chasing him, and later rounds really couldn't cut off the ring like he did earlier in the fight, that doesn't mean that Fury's losing. It's not, oh, who landed the most significant strikes? This isn't a, a haymaker to the head versus leg kicks. Jabs, hooks, body work count fairly evenly in boxing. Punches landed. Who landed the cleaner punches? Who landed more punches? And when it came down to that, Tyson Fury was doing that round after round after round, but people didn't care because he wasn't going all out. He wasn't putting everything behind it. He wasn't going to get knocked down again. So he was like, I'm just going to touch him, touch him, make sure I hit him here. Jab, jab, jab. Use my length. Be smart. Circle. Tyson Fury was getting tired uh, in the later rounds as well. I'd argue he was more tired than Francis Ngannou towards the later rounds. So he's just trying not to get caught, but all the while scoring, scoring, scoring. It's like watching Olympic boxing. And a lot of people, and it's okay, just don't score boxing on the regular. It's okay to watch boxing. I'm not calling people layman's like they've never seen a boxing match in their life. But very few people score boxing. Or they're journal like a lot of journalists who work for sites and um, in boxing, they score the fight as they go through it. They know what to look for. Judges are very keen on what to look for. This wasn't a robbery. It wasn't a predetermined fight. If it was a predetermined fight, Fury would have ran away with it. A judge gave a, a good margin scorecard to Francis Ngannou. Another one gave what I gave, seven rounds to three to Tyson Fury, but with the knockdown. So it really ended up being like a six round to three score. And then the third judge, who had to break the tie, gave it by two rounds to Tyson Fury, but with the knockdown, Tyson Fury won by a point. And I think if you just go by the laws of boxing, that's what happened. But for a guy like Francis Ngannou, who didn't have a professional boxing match, he trained boxing before getting into MMA, but that was a long time ago and very short-lived. For him to show that he could put his mind to something, dedicate himself, and that his natural instincts would take hold and he could hang with one of the best heavyweights in the world, a generational heavyweight, the lineal heavyweight champion in the world, and take a legit four rounds from him. Oh, that's amazing. He took three rounds from him from everyone's card. On my own card, I gave him round two, three, of course, because of knockdown, and eight were the rounds I gave him. If someone wants to give him another round in there, I'd ask where. I think uh, Fury won both rounds nine and 10 towards the end. Cause I thought Fury just had a little more urgency and that jab was really working. Um, 
If you want to give him either round nine or ten, then you have a six four score scorecard. If I, I don't know where you see anywhere else really to give Nganu landing enough volume to take rounds. And that just comes to a lack of experience. And I'm not putting Nganu down at all. I'm not saying he could never in his life beat Tyson Fury or beat a professional boxer. Because I don't I don't think that's true. I think he showed enough that no one could doubt him to that level. It's just that's the difference between being great and naturally gifted and and knowing your sport to being a professional world-class person in that sport. It's when you get in trouble, you know how to score points, right? This It's like Tyson, it's like Francis Ngannou, because his power is enormous, going out to a baseball field and just jacking home runs. Crazy power. Never played baseball in his life. Goes out there. Next thing you know, the guy just turns into Barry Bonds, taking people deep. Professional pitchers, taking them deep. All right, cool. And those are great. When you're not hitting the home runs, what are you going to do? And he had a couple singles and struck out a lot in boxing terms because he wasn't using the jab, a couple body punches. There was nothing else beyond the really big punches that he landed, and it wasn't consistent enough. He needs to develop how to hit singles, how to hit doubles, how to bunt occasionally, how to hit triples with that power, how to really threaten in other ways and to become a complete player. But for someone who's never played before, it's pretty damn good. And that's what he's missing in boxing. He didn't know how to score after he landed the knockdown. How do you take the next round while getting your energy bar back up? How do you land enough jabs and keep Fury moving back and stopping him from throwing? How do you cut off the ring to really make sure you can keep these points piling? He just didn't have that amount of IQ yet in the ring. He didn't have enough enough ring time to develop that. You don't have to do that in MMA. Guy hits the ground, you hammer fist, you jump on him, you choke him out, you can mount them, it's over. Yes, if this was MMA, smart people, Tyson Fury would have lost. Because there's no eight count. Redson got him, knocked him down clean, he would have cleaned his clock with a hammer fist. Tyson Fury would have been seeing birds, would have been over. This isn't. It's the sweet science. This is boxing. So you guys can want any rules you want. You can think it's judged like MMA. You can think many assumptions. You can think Francis Ngannou won. He didn't win. But he did damn good. And that's okay, too. And he knows, I should have had you. I just didn't know the little bit of techniques that you know to get the points where I needed them to rack them up and run away on. But I will. And I'll learn that. And if I do... If I fight Fury again, he's in trouble. If I fight a guy like Wilder, who gives away rounds, he's in trouble. If I fight Joshua, who has a glass chin, he's in more trouble. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And he just has to learn the little things in between. Can't just be like, this guy had four home runs. He's World Series MVP. All right, but what about the guy who hit 400? Had one home run, but had eight doubles and a triple and scored 12 runs. Still going to give it the guy who hit four home runs? It's a nuanced conversation. But that doesn't take away from what the home run hitter did. And that's where we see Francis Ngannou right now. It's okay to have lost this. He wasn't supposed to win. He won over an entire fan base. He is now, and I don't think it's crazy to say this, the top draw in MMA as a specific MMA fighter. I say he's a bigger draw now than Conor McGregor because he can show he can actually win in multiple sports. He's a bigger draw than John Jones. He's a bigger draw than Sean O'Malley. He's the biggest name in MMA off of a narrow loss, narrow loss in boxing. It's huge. I'm looking now, Alex Pereira. I, maybe I'll do a boxing fight in 2027 when I retire. You have Sugar Sean O'Malley, who's calling for one. Him and Devin Haney going back and forth. Yo, let's do it. Let's do a crossover boxing event. Everyone sees this now in MMA and thinks they have a chance. Before they saw it and thought they had a money grab. Francis is like, no, no, no. We can do this if we put our minds to it. And Tyson Fury didn't even downplay Francis Ngannou. He was one of the hardest people I ever fought. He was like, yo, I, I watched stuff coming into this. And I thought he'd be a tougher fight than me for me than Alexander Usyk. And you look at it. Francis Ngannou, 6'5", I believe Dre says, 6'4", 6'5". Guy came in 260, 270. Tyson Fury tried leaning on him. Didn't work. Strong as an ox. In, in boxing, few people are built like that. Maybe AJ. Maybe. Wilder's legs are too small. Tired out. Usyk's a lot smaller. He was like, man, this guy physically? Specimen. I've never seen anything like him. There's a reason why he was the heavyweight champion of the world in MMA. He was like, ah... A lot of my tactics probably won't work. They didn't. Fury said this going into it. We didn't believe him. But Fury said this. So he took away a lot of the stuff Fury does well and eliminated his best advantage, which is just God-given physical size and strength. Because Fury has that because it's just his body. Ganu has that because he works really damn hard. It is also God-given. Man, he's just built. He used to call the predator for a reason. People don't walk down the street looking like him. But he showed how strong he was. So you look at this. No, he didn't win. Could he win his next fight? Possibly. Did Fury underestimate him? Maybe. When you book a fight for December 23rd, when this one is six weeks before then, it's hard to argue that you didn't overlook your opponent. 
that maybe you didn't train fully for this, that you didn't take it as seriously as you thought, that you thought it was just going to be an exhibition, you thought it was going to be as easy as Floyd and McGregor, and you didn't respect exactly what Francis Ngannou was bringing, that's okay. It almost cost him. It's all right. It didn't. He won a tough fight. If people don't want to watch him versus Usyk, sure, don't watch. People are still going to watch. Everyone who's going to watch that fight is going to watch. And the people now who probably dislike Tyson Fury because they feel like he got a gift decision are going to watch him to lose to Usyk. FYI, don't even count that like it's easy. Because when someone trains properly, I think Mike Coppinger just put out the report today, the new date will be in February. So Tyson Fury will have about 14 weeks. Real camp, real diet, no drinking, going, getting into the shape he was in when he fought Wilder the second time, possibly the third time, taking this 100% serious, having a chip on his shoulder. We talked about Tyson Fury's mental health and everything he's been through last week, I believe. When he beat Vladimir Klitschko, he said what started his spiral was he had trained his entire life to beat Klitschko, this one man. He wanted to dethrone him. That was his life's goal. He did it. He didn't know what else was left in life. Threw him off the edge. Couldn't handle it. He turned to a bunch of stuff. Drinking, drugs, everything. Ballooned up in weight. Lost motivation. He's retired twice over the past three years. Waning in motivation. What can he do? He beat Wilder. Convincingly twice. What else is there? And then... And then Joshua lost. Well, there goes that motivation. What else is there? There was nothing. Now there's doubt. Now there's a world of people. You're overrated. You're not all-time great. Oh, look at you. almost lost that MMA fighter with no experience. Okay. Let me heal up these cuts. Get in the gym. If we don't see the best version of Tyson Fury in this upcoming Usyk fight, I'll be shocked. Shocked. If he doesn't come out best shape, best conditioning, flawless fundamentals, back to his amazing defensive ways, if he doesn't come out as that guy, deserves to lose, deserves to go sleep on his money, do whatever he wants. Don't come back. But I don't think that's who Tyson Fury is. I think he knows when it's time to lock in and get serious, and he's going to lock in and get serious. And FYI, if he fought Francis Ngannou again, one, I think the title will be on the line, whatever title he may have at that time. Um, I don't see the WBC stripping him at all. So if he goes through the Usyk fights for any reason, they're one and one or he, he wins both and he beats Usyk and he's undisputed heavyweight champion, I think at that point, Francis Ngannou has to be the next man up again because it was so close. And all the belts will be on the line. If Francis can have a chance of being undisputed champion or at least two belt champion, whatever one Tyson Fury doesn't drop, one hell of a fight. Probably the biggest heavyweight fight since the Tyson days. And it's a guy who will probably have two, maybe three professional boxing matches. Francis can sit back and wait and know there's 30, 40 million ahead of him in a boxing match. Insane on the cachet he built. Now it's time for Fury to go handle business. And if they fight again, Fury's going to trade for Ngannou like he's Alexander Usyk, like he's Deontay Wilder like he's Anthony Joshua. And he'll never do what he did again. And then we'll see how good Ngannou is. But shout out to my dude Ariel, Hawani, MMA hour. But Ariel, like, right afterwards was like, 
Well, Francis Ngannou, this shows me that he beats Deontay Wilder. He beats Anthony Joshua. He beats Dillian White. He beats Derek Tesoro. Maybe Dillian White and Derek Tesoro. I don't know. But it also comes down to slow down. That's MMA math. We don't even do MMA math in MMA. Yes, he pushed Tyson Fury. We do not know what was going on at that period of time. But that, I guarantee you, not another boxer on this planet sleeps on Francis Ngannou going forward. They train for him like they're fighting Tyson Fury. They train for him like it's the biggest payday of their life because it could be. Anthony Joshua versus Francis Ngannou in London, in Wembley. What, 40, 50 million each? Deontay Wilder gets another 60 mil. Guaranteed payday if he fights Ngannou. That fight could be here in Vegas or in Saudi. I saw mentions of Eddie Hearn said in Rumble in the Jungle, uh, number two, take it to Africa for AJ and Ngannou. Money, money. They'll train like it's big money. They'll put automatic rematches clause in there so it could be big money twice. No one's going to sleep on him anymore. They're going to treat him like a world-class heavyweight boxer. And that's when it's going to get tough. Because many people say the same thing about George Cambosis and being Teofimo and, oh, Teo be Loma and then Cambosis beat him. Cambosis is great. And we saw against Devin Haney. We saw all these things. Teofimo didn't look the same. Came out that his lungs weren't right. Couldn't train correctly. Went, got healthy. Went through some personal stuff. Came out the other side of that. Put the beats on Josh Taylor. Oh, now Teal's as good as we said he was, right? Oh, he's, he's the guy who beat Loma. Legit. Not Damon Haney levels of beating Loma. Legit beating Loma. Oh, okay, he's really that good. So we don't know. We don't know what Tyson Fury was going through before this fight, what Ngannou was going through before this fight. We don't know. You want to you see how it goes? Run it back. But this wasn't a robbery. There's been robberies in boxing. Hello to all the new boxing fans. This is not that. You go ask Triple G how he felt in those first two Canelo fights. Go watch those and come back and tell me if there's a robbery. Go watch Devin Haney Lomachenko from May. Come back and tell me how you score that. Those fights way closer than this one. Go watch Josh Taylor versus Catterall. Where Taylor gets knocked down by Catterall. Goes all the way through, and Taylor gets the decision. Jack Catterall still hasn't gotten a belt opportunity since. Taylor dispersed all the belts. Catterall could have been undisputed champion that night. Robbed of that opportunity. You go score that fight. Come back and tell me Fury and Gano looks like that. It's not. It's not a robbery. This is boxing. This was scored correctly. The guy's good. He didn't win. That's all right. People drop 60 in games and lose. That's okay. Everyone, you don't have to be so rash. Everything's not a robbery because it didn't go the way you wanted to. Or the guy you developed uh, an affinity for, a guy that you started liking, you heard his story a million times on the broadcast. He has the charm. He, he put the guy down. He has the power. Chicks dig the long ball and chicks dig the knockout. I get it. You started liking him. It's cool. He didn't win. He doesn't have to always win. He didn't win this. 
Give him a kudos. Hats off. You pushed the greatest heavyweight of this generation to his brink for whatever reason. That's amazing. And that's all you had to do. And now going forward, ball's in his court. Tyson Fury has to come back and prove himself. He has to prove he's the greatest heavyweight of this generation. He has to prove that he's an all-time heavyweight. And he'll probably have to fight Francis Ngannou again to prove, I didn't take this shit seriously. This is how a real championship boxer prepares and looks versus an MMA champion. Sorry, guys. That was bullshit that other time. This is how it is. Tyson Fury got to prove all that now. Francis Ngannou don't got to prove a damn thing. And that's his win. It doesn't have to be on his record. That's his win. So don't give him more wins. He took the L. That's cool. He won everywhere else he needed to win. He gambled on himself. He told Dana White, no, you're not paying me enough to be a heavyweight champion. He walked. He signed with PFL. He said, I'm not debuting in PFL until 2024. He told them, I'm training boxing this whole year. I'm a box somebody. The Tyson Fury fight just happened to develop. Okay, I'm going to box him. But I'm going to box before I get back in this cage. Bet on himself throughout the entire thing. And he won. That's his W. That's all he needed. He looked happy. They announced he lost that fight. Everybody was complaining for him. He wasn't. He bet on himself. He did what he had to do. He's about to cash out more money than he ever thought he could have in his life. He's going to get what he told Dana White he was worth. What he told the UFC he was worth. And he was right the entire time. That's his victory. He's cool with that. You got to be cool with that too. Before we get out of here, we'll switch gears actually. Um, UFC fight this weekend. And just wanted to touch on the card really quick. Uh, there were reports that Derek Lewis got arrested. I don't know. But their stuff hasn't been cleared up by the time we're recording this. But I expect him to fight. He's in the main event this weekend. Almeida versus Lewis. Johnson Almeida, uh, an animal. Animal in the heavyweight division. This is late notice. Stepping in here for um, Derek Lewis. He's replacing Curtis Blades. In this main event, Almeida, last couple of fights, submits Rosenstruck, knocks out uh, Shamil before then. And that was all this year already. Uh, first round submission against uh, Anton before that one. Submits Parker Porter, knocks out Danilo Marquez in 2022. This is the worst stylistic matchup Derek Lewis can get. And I hope the UFC doesn't hold this against them in terms of rankings, in terms of everything else. Dana seems to have an affinity for him. They're not going to cut the man. He still, you know, gets highlight reels, knockouts. He still says balls is hot, takes off his pants in the octagon. He's funny. He's entertaining. He's not winning this fight this weekend. Uh, shout out to Nick, veterans minimum. Start the subathon. This is, this is on there because Almeida's choking out Derek Lewis easy. This is... I don't know what else is on Nick's subathon. This is on there. Before I even listen to his show this week, this is on there because Derek Luce has no chance if this touches the ground in this fight. So that's, that's going to be the, the easiest one right there. Listen, if you just want to bet that fight, 
I don't know what Almeida is versus Sub. Going to get some dope money on that. I, I think that's as clean cut and easier prediction as you'll get this month in MMA. And then um, the Bonefims are on here as well. Uh, Ishmael Bonefim, Gabriel Bonefim, both fighting on this card. I like both fighters. Gabriel Bonefim, past two fights in 2023, submission victories. Submits Trevin Giles, submits uh, Laziz before then. First round submissions for Gabriel Bonfim. Add it to the subathon. I can't wait to listen to Nick's show this week. Everybody getting subs. It's subs on subs on subs this week on this card. So, no, it's, it's again, it's more of a casuals card. I get that. Or, excuse me, a much hardcore um, fans card. But it's going to be entertaining. Because a lot of evenly matched up fights, right? It's just uh, Magomedov, Abus Magomedov. Fighting a very tough fight. Um, Barajo is his uh, middleweight fighting each other. Barajo only has one loss. Magomedov, 25-5-1. It's like, damn, it's a really good fight. Vieta under that one. Um, fighting Armin Petrosian, 92-9-2. This is one where they matched everyone up. There's no give me fights in this one. It's like, okay, everyone. Everyone is, is in this and looking for that next step up in terms of climbing the rankings. They're, they're facing the person who's like one or two spots either above them or below. And it's like, okay, it's me or you. And I love cards that are just structured that way. So that is going to be super fun. Uh, Angie Hill, always a great fight. Better person is on the undercard this weekend. So plenty of fun fights going down this weekend in MMA. Wanted to keep this sh show short and sweet. We're also going to have a fun uh, episode we recorded on Halloween. Just talking about fun and cool stuff on there. Just, again, the, the old man is in New York trying to hold it down, give you guys great content in the meantime while he is gone. But, again, make sure you support him, Big E, Johnny, and their endeavors in Our Heroes Rock. Um, Bridges, the, the first uh, short film from that series coming out this weekend and be screened at the festival. They had to get a bigger room in New York because so many people wanted to see this uh special so it's going to be very very cool the beginning of, of great success for for those fellas out there so want to hold it down make sure you guys got this episode i'll be bringing you a pro wrestling episode later on in the week as well so make sure you guys look out for that one plenty to talk about there halloween havoc night two and nxt aw with some really good matches uh <laughs> Wow, I went to the New Japan show here in Vegas. That was really fun. Shout out to Reverse Rat Pack. It was me, Dre, Big Mac, and Justin Ivey. Went to that one. That was extremely fun. And Raw, you know, we have Raw pay-per-view preparing coming up here shortly. AW pay-per-view coming up here shortly. Playing to talk about in both promotions. So still some good content later on in the week. We appreciate you guys for listening as always. Make sure you follow us on all social media platforms. Give us a like and subscribe wherever you guys listen to podcasts as well. It's always greatly appreciated. For everyone here at Blue Iron Studios and the Wind Resort in Las Vegas, for myself, Kel Dansby. Until next time, I'm out. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. 
From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.